0: Hey, folks, Nick Palladichuk is locked in a closet reviewing Oscar qualifying films right now. And he's not allowed out until he's watched every one, including Melissa McCarthy's Genius. Again, that's Melissa McCarthy's Genius. Nick's got to watch that twice on Peacock before he can record any more podcasts. Oh, Genie. Genius? Oh yeah, thank you, Tapan.
1: I thought you were gonna say her. I thought you were gonna make a pun like her genius in Her Genius in Genius. And make a wordplay thing.
0: So you're here with Tapan Sharma. Tapan Sharma and Kyle Farks. We're gonna be talking about uploaders, which is a project we've worked on this year. Thanks for listening to the St. Paul Filmcast.
1: I just thought of Spy, because I was just thinking Melissa McCarthy, right? Like that yeah. was that was her I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, it all came together. Jason Statham was funny legitimately. She was funny legitimately. Everything worked.
0: Jude I Law think. was in that. He Jude was Law's good. great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's like well written.
0: Paul Feig directed that movie. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. I I like Melissa McCarthy in Spy. I like Melissa McCarthy in the Ghostbusters. Yeah. I know that that's controversial, I guess. Makes me woke or something. But, Tapan, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Since the audience has heard my voice before on a previous episode two years ago with my fake brother.
1: Hell yeah, my name's Tapan, like Japan with a T. We were just talking about how it's it's a joke that also is functional. I mean, the first time you hear it, it's functional. After that, it becomes a joke. Like, there he goes again. I enjoy saying, but it's it. helpful. It's helpful.
0: Definitely has helped me remember. And again, I'm Kyle Thornton, but I'm going to keep saying that I'm Kyle Farks to screw with my uh, fake brother Nick Michael, who is Nick Farks. Uh, uh, yeah. As as the audience knows, I'm a local short filmmaker in the Twin Cities. And to pen, you're a Harvard educated writer who also acts. I think yeah, I've visited Harvard once,
1: and I and I <laughs> basically, I. Uh, no, I mean I'm local as well. I mean I grew up in Minnesota. I was born in Canada, but I grew up in Minnesota. Write, act, you know. I love comedy.
0: And you're saying you're acting now because you talked to the guy who wrote what was it The Born Identity? And he was like, dude, if you can, if you're a writer, but you can act, act, because you'll get more acting jobs than you'll get writing jobs. Was well, that what he was, he was saying? just
1: saying it's so tough at you know just to be, quote unquote, just to be a writer or to be just a writer. He was saying, like, yeah, William Blake, Karen uh, I don't know if this, you know, um spoiling anything by saying he lives in Minneapolis you know? met him at a SAG WGA solidarity event a couple months ago he yeah wrote The Born Identity and Role Models he's got a family now he's about I think he's about 60
0: and I don't think you should speculate on any writer's age he looks 29 and lovely he
1: looks yeah 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 oh yeah I was like he looks like he's in his 40s I mean that's yeah and uh but his advice was because he started in stand-up that's how I think he kind of broke so he said uh, and he said that his manager uh you know, it takes him a month just to look at one of his things, like that's how, that's how tough it is. Like, and this guy's made it, you know, essentially. So he's like, if you can leverage anything else, the multi hyphenate is trending again. Whatever, you know, if if you had any qualms about spreading yourself too thin, uh, you know, embrace whatever you've got, and you know, maybe you'll meet people on set, or by doing sets managers, agents, that kind of thing. But in any case, you know, I'm, I'm here for the foreseeable future and just focused on making stuff. And
0: your goal is the same as mine. That's why we're working together on this project. We're going to be talking about and then doing an example of, in the second half of the show, Uh, your goal is to be making your living through narrative, uh, video fiction. Correct. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's the goal. Whether for me, you know, it's, it, it all comes back to writing, whether it's stand-up. Uh, if I can write my own stuff acting-wise, that's ideal, too. Uh, and then, of course, you know, writing screenplays, sketches, shorts.
0: Yeah, when you go to, like, these networking events locally, and I imagine this is true in probably any uh, metropolitan area that does this, a lot of the people that are there are performers or actors or whichever word I'm supposed to say today, and I'm happy to say it, but... I always, like, when I'm talking to good actors, and am saying, like, just write something for yourself, don't, don't, and we're, and, like, you and I are kind of the opposite, where we're like, oh, we shouldn't be in front of the camera, we should be
1: focusing on getting good at writing, and then, uh, have you directed something uh, for video yet? Well, no, I haven't, no, that's, that's, a th- I mean, yeah, and so the pandemic hit, and I ba- I just hit writing really hard, and I just completely almost forgot about everything else, the acting, and stand-up, I was like, I, what's in my control, I can write, you know, and, you know as i've been emerging out of that this year realizing oh yeah i mean the whole reason i dropped out of med school and moved to la was first you know acting comedy and then writing was something i was like hopefully i'll have time to do and i was totally it totally flipped and now i'm trying to find a balance of, of everything but
0: do the two minutes version of the story where it's okay Japan who is a young man growing up in Minneapolis born in Canada so he knows to apologize twice for anything yeah. sorry and sorry yeah um what, what start there i yeah I don't, I don't want to beat around the bush but you did go to Harvard that is an accomplishment and i respect and resent to that about no i mean you. look
1: i yeah i was a i was a good uh, student uh, you know i i but i do remember yeah that the interview for Harvard where he was like he's like, you got three people's resumes here and i was like Huh? Like, and I was, I just didn't realize how, I just loved so many things academically and non-academically. And, you know, it's like, how do you say no to, to Harvard? You know, in hindsight, it's like, uh, it does, I don't think it matters where you go. I it just, it's what you do. And so, you know, I'm not going to push that on my kids and, but I, you know, if I have kids, but yeah, I mean, I think you got, I think you got the patchwork of my two minute version, which is, yeah, I was a young lad in uh, Canada, <laughs> oot in a boot, you know, just, uh, well, I was zero through 10. So I, you know, you're so you had the
0: accent for, it, for when you were a, a very secure teenager, right? I don't know.
1: I think all my accents canceled out. Yeah, because Indi- my parents are from India. Again, I was born in Canada. I grew up in Minnesota, which is the Canada of the U.S., of course. And I think everything just split three-way. I I, so I don't have any accent that I don't think.
0: So your Harvard uh, interviewer kind of looked at you and said, hey, you have too much going inside of you. And you're like, yeah, I contain multitudes to start with.
1: No, uh, yeah, I think you're- you— yeah, I think he was a little like incredulous, but also he, you know, I think he was one of those like, I got to get on the phone with them, like right after this or what or something kind of thing, which I think ended up happening. But
0: I relate to that to Pan, because what do you think when I'm at my nine to five job and they find out that well, like, oh, you're a wedding DJ who uh, uses that money to make short films? What do you want to work in Hollywood? Why, yes, co-workers, I do. You're lovely, but I'd give any one of you up to go make my money in Hollywood, as would any of you less people make it into the WGA than the NBA every year. So it's good to have dreams but also be realistic.
1: Yeah, I have to remind myself. I think the analogy keeps somebody said like MLB, it's also, yeah, fewer professional writers than people who play professional baseball. So it's it's extremely competitive. It's not good enough. Like being good enough isn't good enough. Like that, you know. Uh, I know you keep hearing it's not a meritocracy at the same time when all you have in your control is, is like the art you're working on you have to believe it's a meritocracy in that moment you have to make the best thing you can but yeah ultimately it's all about like you know getting it in the right hands you know getting people who who champion you believe in you and you know if you don't have money you know I grew up without money and you know a lot of student debt all that stuff so it's like Okay, what can I can I make this the best thing possible? And then after that, knowing that, that itself might not meet the threshold. It might be, yeah, it's not a, it's not necessary or sufficient, <laughs> is to put it that way. But uh, I mean, you see a lot of bad things out there. There's all all kinds of reasons for it, but you can't uh, use that as a template. Like, wait wait oh. wait wait.
0: So are you saying maybe bad things get made because you're not building a bridge, you're not curing cancer? That's why we're making a sequel
1: to pick a movie you don't like and that's why we're making a sequel to it. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's all it's you know, yeah, all sorts of reasons why something could get made. It could, you know, pr- mostly money or just yeah, you know, someone's got the connections and they are like, "Hey, let's make this, let's make this thing." And
0: I'm going to pull you out of this doom spiral. How did we meet? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, we met at Catalyst. Uh, Yeah, so that was one of the first, my first forays out of the pandemic, actually, I think, was maybe the first big thing I did. This is like 20, this is last year, right? 2022 2022. is
0: when we met at Catalyst. I remember that because I was on this show in February before that October Catalyst. And uh, was telling Nick Palladichuk, again, Nick, if you're in that closet, hope you're doing okay, buddy. Um, <laughs> telling him that, yeah, we're putting these Z-Fest movies together so that we can get into Catalyst, which in 2021, 2022, people are like, why would you be putting short films together to make a TV series? And now other people are seeing, oh, that's something you could do. Maybe you should talk about what is Catalyst because
1: you're actually in the Institute, whereas
0: I'm just around it.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, you're... You probably got, you know, your own you weigh in your own experience. I mean, my, I'm still kind of figuring it out myself. I know it's a storytelling kind of database platform network where, you know, people you, you can upload your projects and you you know, you go to the, the, the festival and you see you network, you see movies, you see uh, you know, speakers. So I mean it's and yeah, it was I mean it was a great experience. So it's funny how we met was actually at one of those you know what normally could be a contrived networking event. That's how we met. We met. We broke up into small groups. We were asked to. We were just around each other in the same circle of five or six or seven people, and with that's Emily how we met. Dickson, so it worked. With
0: Emily Dickinson's granddaughter, actually. Do you remember oh.
1: that Emily Dickinson's granddaughter was there? I don't
0: remember that. I remember that because my friend Victoria Maine, who will be, I hope, uh, sugar into that, I'm mentioning her right now, was also in that group, and they were demographically similar. And you and I, we we were, you know good boys and we let the 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 women speak so that we could listen in that group that's what i specifically remember about going to that networking event that was put on by michelle miller and mary conroy mary who had come up to me at 2021 catalyst when i was pitching and said oh you actually make stuff good job keep doing that
1: yeah yeah no it was i remember just yeah be excited to meet people and you know who were in the industry in minnesota and Yeah, it was good. I mean, this year was a little different, and I wasn't able to make it up there. But over twenty twenty, yeah, yeah, because
0: they couldn't because of the strikes, they couldn't have the same. like when I was there in twenty twenty two, this is the this is my sales pitch for Catalyst is, hey, you can go to Catalyst and pretty much anyone can sign up for the, uh, anyone can enter pitch thing. And when I went and did it, like the first first time I did it, I was Mary was the I got like to call her the exam proctor, Mm. and then everyone else in the room was like who you were competing with. But when I went uh, the In 2022, the guy who was the showrunner for the first season of Stranger Things, who also may or may not live with his family in Minnesota, was there. And a guy who had started, um, I think it was, what was Catalyst called before it was, it was ITV Fest or something like that. One of the guys right. who had wrote on Community and was a writer on the Goldbergs who had started Catalyst before it was Catalyst was there. So these guys were in the audience just asking questions. Oh, yeah, Stephen. Steve Basleone. Basleone, yeah. okay, I don't know. What's I gonna wasn't, wasn't going to drop famous names <laughs> because they're, they, they've got agents and managers. I'm mentioning names of people that I want to get agents and managers. Ah, nice. <laughs> Smart. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Um, Actually, I texted him a video uh, when we were at this year's Catalyst because... Fat Jesus Kyle, who I now call sweet baby Jesus Kyle. You'll meet him, don't worry. Nice. Uh, he had rented a boat to stay on. So oh. he he wanted to show me and his uh, goofy friend who was with him, who's like his muse. So we did a fake MTV Cribs. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm just seeing this for the first time. Let's pretend we're on MTV Cribs, because that's a point of reference we have. And nice. Kyle was, was just, Fat Jesus Kyle was the equivalent of meeting you guys at 2022 Catalyst because oh, nice. Hey, same age. He's from Chicago, you know, and like how Carlos was from New York and Hans was from L.A., but they both had
1: ties to other places. And then. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It would have been fun. I remember it was a fun time last year. And I think this year was set up to be basically purely fun. I mean, in a, in a way. Right. I mean, the idea was like, don't worry about the competitive stuff because you can't you can't sweat it. So just network, meet people exchange ideas stories all you
0: know that. off that as two guys that have gone to festivals before it's a funny thing that like it's not sports where one and one doesn't equal two all the time sometimes one plus one actually equals three because when we were in nashville for instance with catalyst people that we mm. met in duluth minnesota it was oh wait a second even though we think there's a competition. There's no real competition because we are uniquely the people from around the country who have, like, we're not in yet, but we have the ability to put presentations together that then compete against one another. The, the presentations are what competing. I'm not competing against Kyle or Hans. I see them as potential collaborators someday who happen to
1: be in my community where there is a competition that exists to help improve the community. That's a really good distinction, actually, yeah, because yeah, you're right. I mean, really, the idea is you push your pitch to such a level that when it's out in the marketplace, you know, it, it catches eyes. It's like, yeah, you know, actually winning, you know, or losing or whatever it's not it's not about that. It's really just, you know, okay, how can I make this pitch? Is it entertaining? It's gripping? Tell my story, And then you know, whether you win or not, then you still have something that's functional. The so. night
0: you and I met, we had competed against each other. You, me, and Hans. Carlos wasn't in oh, yeah. this pitching competition. But we didn't know right. who was advancing because you and I had st- signed up for the all-skate. And I was just happy to go second, be done with it. And then whether or not I advanced it was didn't matter. Yep. But just that we'd done it was like uh, – I think Hans likes to quote, quote – I think it's Brene Brown where you, you, you don't listen to – people up in the stands you listen to the other gladiators because Mm. they have the experience and you know have something to say to you just from a different perspective
1: totally yeah in fact i remember now that it was really good to just get back on stage that was the first time i've been on stage in a long time you know since the pandemic and so just getting in that mode practicing a pitch getting on stage talking to people that was huge and i'm glad i'm so glad i did that
0: and i mean we're proof positive about the you know i guess warm fuzzy thing we're trying to talk about because even though and you and i didn't see each other's pitches we're aware of the projects we were pitching there and Mm -hmm. you know that's helped us get to know each other better but then we were like oh okay it's a new year let's put something together before we even realized there'd be a pandemic or excuse me before we realized there'd be strikes that would you know scuttle any sort of competition this year we started working on that back in january of this year and what did it take us do you want to kind of talk about that and what it is
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, and and please jump in too. I, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, we called it jump uploaders, but a couple of, you know, podcasters, uh, who have a movie review podcast and potentially get into other, you know, topics, but really movie centric. And I think the I think the funny thing about it was first realizing it seems like a cliche idea, but it is. We don't. There is nothing like this out there. There Something should be more
0: TV shows about podcasters. The only one we could think of was yeah. Only Murders in the Building, but we're not doing a crime podcast. We're going to do a uh, four-camera sitcom where it's it's old technology to show a new technology thing and then inter- splice it with the movies we're going to be... The movies that aren't real that we're reviewing so that yeah. the audience gets to see them and have a taste and basis of comparison.
1: Exactly, yeah. There's a... You know, there was a a podcast that I unfortunately haven't listened to called In Defense of, which I thought was a really, you know, kind of cute idea and a way to sort of, you know, talk about, mov- you know, movies that might not be well reviewed or well received in a new light. And we, because we were thought, you know, we don't want to be, you know, even though making movies is a, pri- is a privileged thing, it can feel like punching down because we don't actually know the story behind how. A movie got made and, you know, a writer tried their best or a director or wh- or whomever. So we're like, okay, what do we do? Oh, let's just make fake movies, you know, within this world that can touch on real things. But then we get to exercise our own creativity. We get to, you know, make a little short sketches or, you know, short films or whatever. And, uh, and we're, we're partly lampooning ourselves, partly lampooning the industry. But we're also, there's a heart of genuine love for the, for filmmaking that hopefully will come through. Detroiters is really, I think, it's a good comp where there's humor, there's heart. Uh, they get silly, you know. I think there are a couple of sort of who are the fake Detroiters. Admin. Uh, you will know, it was a Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson, lovely duo, great stuff. I think From Michigan, leave. like myself. Yeah, yeah, they made it local. They made it really, and I th- so I think that's. I think unfortunately, only got two seasons, but you know, I when I found that after i think you should leave i was like oh this is a really kind of cute cool idea uh and then so just sort of i think that sort of infected uploaders in a in a good way
0: two friends working together who also have their own unique personalities how do we enable because uh tim and sam were like a duo kind of like how Nick and I are the Farks brothers, and then I'm forming a different duo with you that is the uploaders.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, like kind of there can be like up, yeah, Siskel and Ebert odd couple of thing going on in the background too. There's, there's even like Fraser in the background of the idea of having this sort of, you know, radio show. It's, so it's, in a way, it's rooted in, I don't know, cinema and sitcom history. So it just seems like a seems like a no-brainer idea. So
0: what I like about talking about movies is that we're talking about proxies for things that are hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. For example, like making us an odd couple. What are and this will be fun for me. What are the ways in which Tapan and Kyle are different from one another?
1: Oh, I don't know if I can answer that myself,
0: but you have some answers, I'm sure.
1: I, I well, you know, I I don't know if I've dialed down and like so analyzed just how, our how they're Venn reflected diagram. in the
0: show. Let's go with how they're reflected in the show. There's an easy answer, I would say.
1: Yeah, so I what we decided is that uh you know, you you're the family man. You've got uh you got the wife and kids. I'm like uh you know, for some reason unattached in the show and and I think uh, you know, you well, you can speak to your character, but uh you know, I'm. It's it's a parallel of my real life with you know heightened and you know depressed in different ways. But somebody who genuinely is looking to make it in the industry, uh, but n- you know needs an outlet to sort of vent about you know the lack of the lack of progress or the lack of this or that or the other about you know and this podcast becomes a way to sort of channel that ambition, but in a way that could in the show end up hurting the character too because we're talking about. If you end up, you know, pissing off the, you know, a director that you might actually want to work with, okay, cool. Like, was that worth it? You know. So, what about what about what do you think?
0: I'm gonna come back to you, but that made me think about Seth Rogen talking about how sometimes like a celebrity will come up and like punch him because mm. he said something and he he can't remember. Oh wait, did I make a joke about you? Um, what mm. I thought is interesting, and I'm not going to talk about me because I'm from the Midwest, I'm going to talk about you. What I was interested in is that you have this perception that it's become a cliche for Asian family movies, for everything from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and you'll give me some other examples where it's always about keeping family together. And I think that's true of all cultures, is that. All, you know, all cultures would say building families is an important way to keep the species going. But you're kind of, I feel, saying we want to see specifically South Asian characters in other types of light. I think of the example of The Good Place where they specifically have the uh, East Asian guy. They think he's a monk, but then he's on the show like Homer Simpson level dumb all the time. Mm. And it's hilarious. And it's a... It's turning on its head. Another example would be Harold and Kumar. We don't think of a South Asian and East Asian guy as potheads, but why couldn't they be, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, I, I'm sure I've sparked some thought on your end.
1: Yeah. Well, what what I noticed, and again, I, I this is something I'd noticed, and then something I'm like, okay, it's starting to become, you know, a trend that could become you know a cliche if you know because if it has less and less impact which is the idea of like asian versus asian you know within the family and i was even just over the pandemic i was noticing um yeah everything every, everywhere all at once you know turning red crazy Shang-Chi, rich asian crazy yeah, rich Asians. yeah um and there was one other oh yeah, i mean even snake eyes i could you can throw that in there oh, yeah. <laughs> which you know again all, okay varying <clears throat> genres and quality whatever and in fact i think most of those were Pretty darn good, um, but I just noticed. Yeah, I wonder why that theme keep kept coming up. And obviously, they're not like trading notes and you know going, okay, we're all going <laughs> to <gonna laughs> collude, and this is going to be the the story we keep repeating. But I just was like, okay, I think I think we've hit that note enough now, where I want to, you know, I I don't want to see, you know, it's not a, it's not even a surprise anymore. We're like, oh, the bad guy turns out to be you know their own family member yeah and then because there's also again again this is not a knock on any of these movies but once once you see that arc a lot you go well there's a, there's a sort of lower stakes because you're like well there's no way it's not going to resolve itself
0: yeah if you know oh it's going to be the dad it's my dad yeah. uh, i'm this your father
1: yeah exactly it's not it's not star, yeah, oh yeah well exactly it is star wars in a way but in star wars at least at that point you thought oh maybe there is a chance that you know, some harm will come to one or the other and one gets vanquished or, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's just something I noticed and I thought, okay. I mean, that's why I wrote uh, sort of a different spin on that with The Model Minority was a short that, you know, presented at the Minnesota Film Festival. And the idea was that, like, the dad is not a tiger dad. It's not not dad versus son. It's not Asian versus Asian. It's like they're both confronting this model minority myth together and figuring out... Okay, what do you? How do you navigate that? Where is that coming from? And, uh, and you so-
0: pitched that recently at a monthly Catalyst event, and someone in the audience, Kelly, who's I don't want to screw up your last name, Kelly, but I know you're a board member for Minnesota Women in Film and Television. So, give it give it up for the organization that is Minnesota Women in Film in Television. Brought up the statistic that is it was it specifically South Asian or just Asian men, uh, in their like early twenties are the highest uh, the group that commits suicide at the highest rate. And like, I don't want to focus on a racial piece of that. I know that one of the few things in the United States that's actually going up, like people are dying less of car crashes because we build the roads better. People are dying less of heart disease because we're starting to get better education around food, but people are dying of suicide more because they're giving up, they're losing hope. And, um, I think about that with like, why do I like, I and my brand of comedy are not family guy. I'm not, well, it is family guy because I like swearing, I like dirty jokes, I like bad references, I like talking about uncomfortable topics, which are not what you think about when you think about uh, a family man. But I do think it's important to, just for males in general, to say, no, it's like we, we are our dads now. We, we've gotten to our dad's age. Yeah. It's time to start acting like it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's not like my dad doesn't have things that were he he was still a teenager when he was my dad in his head but he was my dad so we've got a that's a complicated note to end on i can i is that nick paladchuk banging from the closet to let us know we're almost at the end of the first act of this or I again. I, I really want to thank Nick. Uh, what we're going to be doing after this is talking specifically as though we are our characters on the show that we have been pitching uh, this year. The show is called Uploaders. Do you want to talk a little bit about who our characters are? I think we've touched on that before we go into the break.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got me a little bit, but yeah. I mean, basically, I'm the you know I'm the single guy, the, the perpetual bachelor character, I guess. And uh, but I'm obsessed with this you know, as a career. And so it's like you know, oh, I don't have time for anything. So there's a little bit of like tunnel vision. Uh, but at the same time, this becomes an outlet. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, you're the like yours.
0: you're the engine. You're kind of playing me in the relationship, where as I'm playing mm. Nick to myself. Mm. Except I'm Nick plus who I am in my real life, which is uh, a father and husband, which presents struggles on. Hey, do you know I have a nine to five job, which presents its own struggles, and then also I have, uh, you know. I have I have responsibility to these to my wife and to mm-hmm. be there but it is fun to go screw off with my friend and talk about movies in our in my basement cuz the show would show like home life and work life and how those two things have kind of melded together into one thing in our modern society.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this podcast for my character becomes this thing that becomes bigger and bigger and demands more and more of your time which you have less of. Yeah, because you know and and it starts in your basement. But, you know, I have my character has ambitions to expand and to, <clears throat> you know, talk about other topics and have, you know, maybe go into like a, uh, you know, bigger you know, office or a warehouse or something and, and really, you know, explode this thing. But you're like season long arcs sure if, is what you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking about season long arcs. Yeah. And your character is like, shoot, I don't, I don't even know if I have one whole foot in what we're doing right now. 'Cause yeah. I, I need the financial security that exactly. a nine to five job presents for my family. Yeah. So
0: screwing with that presents the uh, you know, security I have for my family. But forget all of that, like, you know, important heavy stuff. To pan, we're gonna be talking about a movie. Should we talk a little bit about what the movie is? So that when they come back from the break, people know, Okay, now I'm listening to Taran and Tyler and they're talking about what movie?
1: It's called The Foot. Why don't you explain? The Foot why? Is,
0: well because we're going to do it's like what if they made an R-rated Ninja Turtles movie? That Paramount actually did do an article that they were going to start focusing on bad guy movies and that's where I came up with so we're going to do we're going to talk about a feature length movie that does not exist but to protect ourselves it's going to be based on a short film that jk productions and the farks brothers made so that no one can say oh we're stealing someone's idea so we're going to talk about a parody movie that jk productions made for z fest called the foot where the foot are the main characters from ninja turtles and casey jones is a member of what is essentially a terrorist organization and he's got to break out and i don't know if it relates to anything we've talked about with men masculinity and you know presenting ourselves in society but maybe we'll figure that out after the break Welcome back, and now more with the show. cinema uploaders i'm here as tyler
1: and taryn
0: up my heart whenever you're here talking about movies with me we're in sync it's perfect that's the only way i want to be is perfect harmony with you baby um before we say bye 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 we're going to be talking about the Foot, which is an R rated Ninja Turtles movie, which we each saw and have opinions about. But first, we like to start by saying where our heads are at from the week of things we've been watching. Taryn, what did you watch this week?
1: This, I promise you, will be honest. i uh, just going off the end sync riff there. I've been watching yeah. season two of Fargo, I've been re watching it, and it's it's wonderful.
0: The one that takes place before the movie, but came
1: out after the first season, which also took place after the movie. Right. Right now, I'm not actually sure, well, yeah, I mean yeah nineteen seventy nine I think that's what they in the opening thing it always says nineteen seventy nine so it took place before it hasn't i don't think i'm I think I'm seven or eight episodes in, and it hasn't quite connected to the movie, but again, the whole point is that like it doesn't matter, and also it's been connecting loosely the whole time, right i mean, they just they remix the elements and him up with something fresh. Noah Howley did
0: an interview where the only thing that like carries over from the movie to all five seasons they're on now uh, is that line that Marge says to the guy after he put Steve Buscemi in the... Uh, wood chipper which is something that the, so what you did all this for just a little bit of money it's like mm. people will do bad things for money it's like why that's not that much money
1: yeah well I, well I do remember again not to spoil it anything but the first season does tie in explicitly with the the, the money yes where yeah, the when money. they lose the
0: money is how Oliver Platt was able to open his chain but out then I noticed
1: even story. this time around I didn't know like you know so you said the wood chipper in yeah. season two there's there's a meat grinder mm-hmm. so they did uh, you know there's a uh, they're twins And I think there was the Ewan Ewan McGregor season that also had twins, but then there were the twins in the bar in 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 Fargo that both had the same. So I was like, there are things I had didn't realize were references the first time I saw I watched it because you're so engrossed in the story, it's so well told, it's amazing cast. Each person in the cast, Ted Danson, I mean, I mean, they all could, they're all headlining their own stuff, but they all show up in this ensemble and they're just they're amazing.
0: Yeah, and it, that's what you want when you're redoing something, is to have a great story that works on its own, and then, oh yeah, uh, like there's that thing that relates to the other thing, but if you didn't know that, not a big deal, versus other things
1: that'll be like, and here's us doing the thing we, that worked in the first yes, movie. exactly, nothing feels shoehorned, uh, everything feels organic, and again, it doesn't matter if it actually happened or not, they say it did, and it... Well, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. a joke the Coens <laughs> show, made up. Exactly,
0: exactly. Um, but yeah, what about you? What are you watching? I, I took my daughter to see Wonka yesterday, and you think? I well, I I actually am a fan of musicals coming back and musicals having their day as they did, you know, decades and decades ago. Mm. Because like, you don't see musicals made that often, and I'm I'm totally I, the musicals work because children can watch them and old people like them, so. Why what not? do you think
1: about, I just read an article about how people, uh, they're trying to trick people into watching musicals, like, by not revealing sometimes that they're even musicals. I think that's the case with uh, Color Purple, uh, which I didn't realize until they that mentioned it. It's they, a musical
0: they, remake of the Color Wonka,
1: Purple? With I'm trying to think, did they... Say that it was a, a musical? It's not clear it's in not the clear. trailers, you're correct. Yeah. So what do you think about, I mean, what do you think What do you, about that strategy? Do to I... Trick do, people...
0: Uh, I, I think you have to do it because people yeah. have a perception of musicals that yeah i i i don't, I don't know I, I think it's fine to trick people because i remember i've had the experience of oh no i didn't realize this was going to be a musical it was little foot or something i saw with my niece oh. where i didn't expect so many songs to be in the movie and my i think she was four or five at the the time, out of the mouth of babes, right? Uh, She's like, yeah, a lot of the movies I see have songs in them. So
1: (laughs) yeah, no, and I think, I think you're right. People, there is a stigma or for some reason the people are just, like, oh, I just don't like musicals. I just don't watch them. And, um, you know, you want to get people to see something good and you don't want that prejudice to there's an idea that
0: these things like in uh, what's going on in society, they looked at the, how comedies did after nine 11, not to bring down the house, but you know, certain, the weirder, the comedy does a bigger thing after, because we want escapism and maybe Mm. after a pandemic and, uh, an historic year of labor strikes there is just enough bad going on you know there's two wars going on right now maybe some singing and dancing won't fix it but at least take your mind off of it
1: yeah yeah i I mean look i mean moulin rouge when i was a you know kid one of my favorite movies of all time you know but uh and it you know did really well i think i'm pretty sure it was very popular but it was. Yeah. I was alive yeah. at that time, and it was. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was huge, and who so it's weird. Who th- who g- 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 what's
0: that? <laughs> I listened to that song recently. It's stuck nice. in my head.
1: But so it's weird to think that yeah, the people have you know don't want to see it, but hopefully when they do, like you said, hopefully it does have like you know a positive effect, and they come out smiling and
0: well like the, i i also think it's an interesting way to redo a story like mean girls is a story that i don't want to see i think they made a direct a sequel direct a dvd mean girls 2 that i i don't want to watch but doing I mean, the same story again with music i am interested in and they got that girl from sex lives of college girls and that, i think she's interesting didn't realize she could sing so
1: yeah let's see what happens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So to you and me it's a selling point because he goes oh they're not just they're not just remaking it or, re- or redoing it. They've really remade it, you know, in in the, you know, in a bigger way and put creativity into it.
0: There's also like it's musicals. Is like I hate when people are like, oh, do you like music? No, no, s I like music. It's just what kind of music? Music. Do I like musicals? I, if it's South Park, every dude I know loves a musical. If mm. it's you know something else, they might say a pejorative word they shouldn't say towards it. Whereas you know, I I was thankfully raised by uh, people who were weren't like, oh, you can't watch that, you shouldn't watch that, that's not for boys, it, or, mm. or like, oh, sci-fi is weird. It was no, we think musicals are great, and everyone, you know, the our parents' parents' generation came up on musicals. The reason yeah. the Golden Globes has a, you know, it used to be musicals and drama. It's either a sad one or the one where they sing, but now it's also known as comedy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's inter- yeah, it's it's interesting because who is it, is it? Guillermo del Toro said that animation isn't a genre. Correct. And I think musical should deserve deserves that same observation of like, musical shouldn't just be seen as a genre. Like, you know, it can be anything. You can you know, comedy, drama. Horror. Look at sci-fi. the ones we're talking. You, you, well, yeah. yeah, like a
0: horror musical would be Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah. And I know people don't have their strong feelings about that one, so I'm going to pivot to talk about something harder. Have you seen The Color Purple? The movie. It is hard to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think it, it is weird how musicals have just gotten you know lumped together like that. But you know, again, if Del Toro is, ha- has to clarify that about animation, you know, this far into his career and it's 2023, then yeah, we we are fighting these like. Buckets that we've formed over generations that, uh, that can you know can a pigeonhole, and a variety of movies. But anytime somebody takes the chance, I'm on board. And Guillermo del Toro was talking about that in the context
0: of, hey, I made a movie about the rise of fascism in the 30s and 40s in Italy, also known as Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. For like, did I let my kids watch that? Yeah. Because I don't care if my kids learn history. I want them to. I even want them to learn it through such means as animation and musicals. And just so that I'm I'm hanging a hat on what I'm trying to say about The Color Purple, that's a very difficult movie to watch. Because the um, America after Reconstruction, it wasn't, oh, Civil War, woohoo, and then Civil Rights, yay. In between that was a really difficult peach. Uh, period of time that we should look at as an American society and guess what maybe some people will be able to look at it easier if there's some songs in between the sad and scary things that we're going to be talking about
1: yeah and even if I mean again I haven't seen this version but I you know I imagine it's a way to to tackle the pain or to or to find joy I'm sure I'm sure they there's a variety you know as there as there is with, with music and songs and I'm sure they've they found a way to to do it in a really you know compelling way, but so I'm definitely curious. But it's just interesting that I just didn't I didn't know it was a musical until there was an article about how people don't know that it's a musical.
0: You almost got tricked without you. You were were you were almost non-consensually brought to a musical.
1: No, I just was like, oh, it'd be you know I would rather. Okay, on one hand, the less I know about something, the better because I want to go in blind. I want to go in cold. But at the same time, you find out little tidbits, about it. you go, "Oh, that piques your curiosity." You're like, oh. "Well, yeah,
0: because you want it to be fresh and new and off uh, but still fresh." Like some
1: and idea of what you're getting into, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you want, well,
1: I because you don't like you want to be
0: surprised, but you don't like when you're surprised in the wrong way. That's so abs- yep. Off of that, to pan, let's talk about the new movie from uh, Paramount, an R-rated version of the Ninja Turtles, The Foot, something that you and I are familiar with in a new way. So, we're in our non-spoiler section to Pan. W- w- why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you thought the movie was and then how you felt towards that?
1: Well, okay. I will be honest. I went in with with low expectations because I'm thinking, okay, they've taken, you know, some they've taken an IP and they've it's a cash grab. It's going to be uh, it's going to be derivative. It's it's something that could be interesting, they're going to shave it down and uh, It's not going to be as, it's not going to go as far as it could. And it's going to play it very safe. And, uh,
0: could I ask you a quick question? Were heads cut off and were arms cut off?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. Yes. Uh, but for the, so we can get into, we can get into yeah. We can get into. I guess that's the, like the spoiler. Well, I mean, it's in the, in the trailer for the movie that oh, it's yeah.
0: going this one's gonna be violent. The turtle, the I I I won't spoil it that how many turtles you see, but if they use their weapons, that would cause lethal damage in some cases.
1: Yeah, no, and, and look, they they did you know in the I was at TMNT two, they get into you know the foot culture and the you know they get into that a little bit and. So Yeah, even it's in not the un- first movie. That's how we're introduced to the world. Movie. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Is that there's uh, the guy that April O'Neil's dating his son, which is hey, talk about, you know,
1: modern family there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well but but the thing is I I think my expectation was because I if I remember correctly, they were a little more brutal in the first one. And oh, then, yeah, there and was a the thing they were, where they weren't allowed to use their weapons because of they wanted to
0: sell toys for the second yeah, one. So they don't so they, ever use their weapons in TMNT2 Secret of
1: the Ooze. That's a good observation. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I think, I mean, you know, I'm waiting for the 4Ks to revisit, as I always do. <laughs> and that'll be, it's always a good excuse to rewatch stuff, but I, uh,. I'm trying to th- but they're also I watched them so many times as a kid that I'm Can I, I give a quick,
0: sino- quick synopsis? This movie Please. was just this movie was just Keanu two Keanu Reeves movies. They took, "Hey, let's take the plot of Point Break. What if, you know, someone was infiltrating the Foot like it was a gang like they do in Point Break, and then what if we applied the style and violence of John Wick to the Ninja Turtles?" And I well, that's a hard that's a hard pitch to argue with. I think I'm I'm sensing that I'm more positive it, on it than you were.
1: Yeah, look, I you know I I went in, I, w- I think I probably went in low on purpose so that I would be happily surprised, and uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. You know, there, there's a, uh, I think they could have gone further with it. Um, but say more. When you say
0: go further with it, did you mean you wanted more violence, or did you want more to be
1: done with the story idea? Well, I think yeah, just exploring the yeah the story idea. I think that uh, the idea of this kind of, uh, it, I, I mean, playing it dark and gritty, which I, you know, I like about like the first TMNT and the idea of these like four turtles existing, uh, who are, you know, looking at it from the other perspective of like there's these four mutants, like, that nobody knows about. Like that are involved in violent behavior. That sounds like an anti-Semitic,
0: you know, conspiracy theory to me. Yeah yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah, it sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the whole you know, whatever crocodiles in the sewers sort of thing, right? That's yeah. it's that thing. And so okay, so exploring an organization that is getting together to like, uh, you know, either hunt them down or to, you know, directly or as a consequence of like doing their own. You know, Can I state behaviors. that another way? They Please. formed
0: a terror organization yeah. to search for terror. Oh, I wonder if that relates to anything we've ever seen in our lifetimes in you know the United States of America.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So it's a char- it's a charged premise. I think that they had a difficult task, you know, taking something that now is seen more as a you know as a kid franchise and putting you know putting some adult themes into it. So, you know, I, I guess. Yeah, you that's know, a tough thing to pull off. I don't know how I would have done it, but uh, yeah, why don't you go into you're what wa- you liked or disliked?
0: Well, you're walking into it with a lot of, I think, socio political ideas that I think you should walk into it with because you don't make an R rated version of what was generally considered a child's property without wanting people to explore adult themes. Yeah, like it is. I remember wanting to be violent as a child, not because the Ninja Turtles taught me to be violent, but because people are violent, and it gave me an outlet for that violence and a way to understand, oh, even though I'm looking at something non-human, a Ninja Turtle... I relate to that Ninja Turtle as a proxy for the emotions and violence I have inside myself as a child that I don't understand. Mm. It's almost more human by being inhuman, which is why we need sci-fi and that sort of thing to talk about complex ideas. Or Stephen Fry likes to say that we've lost the ability to talk about dangerous ideas gracefully. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Look, even on, you know, as as I'm thinking about it and reflecting on it, I think that you know, they, they did nail some things about
0: like that little girl, like Ruby, April's uh, niece. I love having a little yeah. John Wick girl.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I yeah. Those are you know, it's a good. I'd rather see that than you know.
0: Can I say it, something screwed up or wait? You rather? I first <laughs> tell me what would you rather hear it then? Then what would you rather see it then?
1: No, I just I don't want, you know I don't want to see you know. A violent teenage guy just, you oh. know, you know, that, yeah. you know, like I just
0: that goes exactly to what I was going to say. because yeah. We have the Ninja Turtles, which were like a postmodern thing from the 80s. And you and I are ch- children of the 80s. So like we're post postmodern. So what happened after they created the idea of the Ninja Turtles in the 80s? Well, uh, as far as lethal teenagers go. Columbine happened in the 90s and they fixed that problem right like no one does that anymore so the idea of a little kid running around with a gun is definitely an idea I don't want to put in front of Mm PG-13 age folks but I think R-rated people who can you know handle dangerous ideas should go hey isn't it kind of screwed up the way like because the original Ninja Turtles came out of a time when crime had been bad throughout the 70s and early 80s in New York and then who came to save them Giuliani Rudy Giuliani is, you know, what fixed the problem the Ninja Turtles were a reaction to.
1: But yeah, if you, and, you know, Marvel and DC have shown, it, 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 this is not a new thing. If you heighten it enough, John Wick, if you heighten it enough and you stylize it enough, then you know that feeling of like anxiety goes away it's like oh okay You're, you're watching choreography you're watching storyboarding you're watching you're watching stuff you know play out it's a it's a dance it's they're making other there's other stuff going on it's not about it's almost cartoonish in a way that uh in a good way i mean a cartoonish has a negative connotation. Well, but can we do a two-step be-
0: with the MCU there? Because you're touching on something yeah. great. I mean, what is the first Iron Man movie if not a screed against the military industrial complex? I love that. Yeah. Like, hey, they got away with it. In the same year that, you know, five years prior to Snowden being caught, that they, the, you know, The Dark Knight showed the exact same thing that Snowden then revealed five years later. In that same year, somehow, the guy who made Elf and the guy from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang made a movie that is anti-Lockheed Martin and somehow got away with it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and again, going back to, um, you know, the the arc of our, our protagonist, the idea of her falling into this organization and then... You know, finding her way out. In the, you know, yeah, but okay, you know, well, she's a cop into, the whole. Okay, spoilers, right. Let's get let's get out of this. So,
0: Casey yeah. Jones is the person who is training. As we find, and this is the big spoiler. As we find out, oh, it's Shredder's daughter Karai, who's an undercover cop in the foot, but. She, like, we're conflicted because you and I know that Shredder's a bad guy and Karai is this character that has... um, She plays both the light and the dark sides Mm -hmm. at different times. And Casey Jones, clearly on the wrong side, being a vigilante, and even more so on the wrong side by falling in with, like the, you know, Antifa Proud Boys of the TMNT universe, the foot, mm-hmm. uh, then have to go on an adventure to break out of that all while you have this little <laughs> murdering teenage girl running around who yeah. has to
1: be. And I think they do a good enough job of uh you know of like, you know, the the, the issue with Scarface, right, is that it it essentially glorifies this arc and lifestyle. People can for the watch whole it wrong. movie and then it ends on a bloody footnote no pun intended but, yeah. but uh <laughs> uh and in a way that people are like okay you, you know you let this thing and again but in movies you're supposed to let the monster rain for that the whole point is you let it rain for the whole movie and then it comes but but like so scarface has that issue where yeah it's it's wish fulfillment but it's like dangerous obviously and you know it's uh and it so the messaging is <laughs> gets money and it has inspired uh, you know a lot of rap. It's inspired a lot of you know where it's like, wait a minute, this isn't a good guy though. So, but in this case, you know they do get it right where it doesn't glorify her arc. You, you, you know your, you mean your, her being a cop arc. Well, no, Well, her her like being sucked into this uh, yeah. yeah sucked into this world. Where, seeing
0: that they kind of have a point because that's the that's a good bad guy kind of has a point.
1: Yeah, and she successfully finds her way out, and th- there is tension of like, okay, we don't want her to s- to see her go deeper, but we also do because we're we're curious about the dangerous and the unknown and and how and how does this work? And that's you want her to succeed, but in succeeding, she's also. You know, obviously compromising yourself. So I think, again, they had a, a difficult task. I think they gave it a good shot. So I think, you know, I can't. I don't want to be too unfair.
0: If the idea is explored, like if the, the next movie is like The Dark Knight versus mm. some, or if they go deeper with the idea and make the world bigger, I think then you'll look back on the first one, the Foot, as being better. It's like John Wick One doesn't get into all the stuff with coins. And mm. different blood oaths and like I- right. impossible suits that exist in the later John Wicks. But you still need that first one to be the it, – It's l- this one d- played the Fast and Furious playbook. Hey, what if our first movie is Point Break and then our second movie can be Miami Vice? <laughs> you know? yeah. So if the second movie is Two Foot Two Furious, I can see you being like,
1: well, this is not exploring the themes and ideas that that first one yeah. introduced. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, where? Yeah, what do you? I mean, what's the news on this? Is there? Are they making another one? Or are they? Where are they going with this?
0: Well, I would imagine they sign what's his name, Nicholas Bolt and Emma Slate and the uh, main, the you know, the main three, Erica K, that pop star from Japan, to yeah. uh, a, a multiple movie contract, so that they can keep going at least with the humans, because we only see the one or two possibly Ninja Turtles in the movie, and I imagine they'll. You know, in in subsequent films, show us more of the Ninja Turtles, and I'd like to see them do like maybe what they're going to do with the Batman too, and you know how the
1: I was gonna ask you, What's your pitch for the? Yeah, what would you do for the? Oh sequel? well,
0: like I think you definitely have to start getting into the idea of. Um, I'd like to see an East Coast versed or not East Coast East versed West West ideas mm. because the you know um, Splinter and Shredder are coming from. Ah uh, very East, you know, like yeah. martial. they' studied martial arts, which is a way of th- doing things in the East. like I'll, I'll talk about it in a way that instead of talking about martial arts, like talk about medicine. like there's Eastern and Western medicine. Western medicine is, hey, we'll give you a pill for that. We'll fix it. whereas Eastern medicine is how can we over time? And my answer to that would be both things are good. So I want to see, I'd like to see the movie do an adult thing. I'd like to have it say, let's have two conflicting ideas in our mind at the same time and try to balance them. How could we do that? I think we need to get more... I'd also like to see it be more like The Wire. Like in this first one, we met the crime people. We know that April O'Neil exists, so we need to see more about how how are the papers reacting and then shaping the opinion of like, hey, uh, uh, the cops, for instance... Are neither a good nor bad thing. They are a tool of society, and depending on how we set policy in place around the you know individuals who serve in you know uh, the blue live or whatever I'm supposed to call it these days is is, is you know is what's important. So how, I want the movie to challenge the audience to think about what are these structures within society, and then how do we react to things in fear that maybe we shouldn't.
1: That's an interesting idea. Yeah, I think uh, I for some reason I popped up you know, Cobra Kai. I haven't. I'm not caught up. Okay, but you, neither am I. But they, yeah, the idea of just even different schools. Of, I mean, in this case, in that case, literally different schools of thought uh, or of, of martial arts of uh, whatever. Because I mean, you know, we can go down that. They can go down that route too. Yeah. I I can't imagine that. You know, if if something like the foot is. Uh, is nationwide or split? Oh, oh like they have identity. different foots. Have, that's something that the Ninja, Ninja
0: Turtles haven't touched on, really.
1: Yeah, that's and, a great idea. And the idea of, of course, like you know, splitting up, splitting up the four. That's in what terrorist cults ways. do,
0: though. I mean, terrorist organizations, kind of like the Fight Club. You'd like to see like a sequel to. You'd like the next movie to be a sequel to Fight Club. Because
1: basically, how do yeah, how do these four you know these four kids? Because they're still we're not gonna we're not gonna leap forward in time. They're still yeah. <laughs> they're still teenagers. The idea of them surrounded by this world like, I, I mean so you want to see youngsters oh, what, what that mean? you want
0: to see mean? youngsters like teenagers in the you know r-rated world you want and you want to focus on the. you want to make it more turtle centric than human centric like this movie was I don't know, yeah, which i, don't I believe assume, was yeah. clearly for budget reasons i think they yeah. made it for like 30 like because if you're going to make a r-rated movie you're not going to make as much they probably don't think this will crack a hundred so the budget had to be like 30 to 60 or something or yeah. whatever they're reporting
1: if yeah and I mean yeah, that is a good point if they if they don't have much focus on the actual turtles and it's and it is mostly about the foot like I mean, I will say they didn't go full uh on you know morbius or where it's just like the Im- the protagonist doesn't exist at all, <laughs> yes. they didn't do that, which I so i i again I'll give them points for actually you know uh. Not ignoring that, but... Oh, it was
0: still, like, one of these villain-centric movies. Like yeah, where it's just the villain, but, the like, Joker. the origin
1: of the villain yeah. was in relation to the hero, so it doesn't doesn't make as much sense without... You gotta have the hero involved. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if we're pitching ideas for, like, what they could do, it's like, I, I like the idea of expanding the Turtles more. But you know, and Seth Rogen showed you can you can... You know, it takes something in a totally new direction, and it's a hit.
0: So. And society is clever enough to have live-action White Spider Man and multicultural animated Spider Man at the same time, and have both those movies do yeah. really well and win awards. And yeah. do you think do you think this thing's got a shot at any like the perf- there's no performance that's going to get nominated, but do you think any of the technical stuff does?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Was what was the? I mean, I mean the climax the. You know, was pretty well orchestrated. I gotta say.
0: So you could see some sort of uh, there's there's not a stunt double, but maybe like a VFX because it looked it mostly looked practical, which was good. Like explosions felt real, kicking felt real, punching felt real, blood looked real, kind of thing. Yeah, and you don't usually see blood with the Ninja Turtles, so (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah, I've I've wrestled it out of you, but I think we're almost too too bloody thumbs up for the foot.
1: Yeah, I I think I just went in. I because part of me just you know. Hey, like I, I like my, I like certain IP things. And so it's, I'm not just against IP, but I always go in with the, like, you know, some skepticism, especially if I know it's like, Oh, it's going to do well. I feel like I don't need to be as, a, as much of a champion for that thing. How I'm did like, you
0: walk ah. into the Wolverine versus Logan then? Cause the, the, like the first, mm. the
1: first Wolverine, uh, not, you know, Wolverine origins not re- regarded as the highest form. That of was game. disappointing. I think that's why I go in with Logan. Cause I was like, I went into that one with such high expectations and I think I I also used to just watch trailers a lot, mm-hmm. and then you get locked into what that trailer is. That has happened with Spider-Man Three, X-Men Three, uh, uh, the
0: su- or Suicide Squad, the yeah. first one from
1: David Ayer, yeah. Even um, even like I think Matrix Two or Three, where it's like that trailer becomes music and it becomes your favorite song, and then you watch the the full version. You're like, that's not what it was in in my mind, you and- know. And your mind flowers too. You see a scene. You create your own expectation of what it is. That's why I avoid trailers now, because I'm just like That
0: is a reviewer no no though, is that we're not supposed to rewrite
1: the movie. We're supposed to reflect
0: on what we think they're trying to tell us and if they told us effectively.
1: Yeah. That's why if I can go on with you know with with uh as, like, knowing as little as possible, I feel like then I can. I don't even like to know who's in it sometimes. You know, if I, I like it to be a surprise, yeah. like, oh, there's Brad Garrett, or, you know, there's, or who, whoever it is. Because Tobey Maguire
0: is in Spider Man yeah. 3. Oops. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, anyways, as always, uh, Tran, I'd like to let you have the last word. Thanks for reviewing the foot with me.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'll give, yeah, I'll give it a wary thumb up. Uh, a wary hand thumb over up. foot. Is that, is that, a, that's, what, that's what we'll end on.
0: Thank you. Please listen next week, even after that joke.